You're listening to the MC Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the campus of Mississippi College in Clinton, Mississippi. Uh, we have a guest with us today. We have a guest host today. Our first guest host <laughs> of the 1819 academic year. Oh, wow. I feel more special now. Our first guest host of the 1819 academic year. Sarah is, I forget where Sarah is, but she went somewhere. Hollywood, Florida. That's right. Sarah's on like a late honeymoon or something. Well, I mean, it's for Jamie's work. But they're sort of treating it like a late honeymoon. (laughs) Whatever. Sarah's at the beach. That's what we're trying to say. Sarah is at the beach. Staying at a resort or something. Staying at the resort for... Going to show up a bunch of lawyers at karaoke. (laughs) Oh, that'd be a good time. Yeah. She said, like, I can't remember, like, one of the nights they're taking them all, like, to a karaoke bar or something. Sarah was like, I'm just going to wait it out. Let them all go first, and then. <laughs> oh, it's like even deviant. Oh, it's even wow. deviant. That's great. That's great. That's 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 fantastic. Yeah, I think so. That's uh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so anyway, Ashlyn is with us today. She is a master's choral conducting student, also a fine singer. Been singing as long as she's been well, longer than she's been conducting choirs. Uh. That is true. <laughs> uh, also, long-time listener, uh, first-time participant. Yes, very excited to be here today. She had been asking me to be on the podcast for like a year, and I kept feeling bad that I had never done it. And so when I knew Sarah wasn't going to be here for a day, I was like, Ashlyn, come be on the podcast. So am I here for my own like know-how and all that stuff or for guilt? <laughs> maybe both okay i'll take that <laughs> um i don't know that we uh, that we have any know-how anyway on the show no. um vocal fry is not necessarily about hard-hitting facts all the time that's true i mean a little know-how lots of playing around little know-how yeah there we go that, that, that's that's probably <laughs> actually actually hitting opinions soft, <laughs> soft hitting opinions yeah and sometimes they're even cogent, and sometimes they're not. I don't know what that word means. No, it's fancy for understandable. <laughs> um, but it wasn't understandable, so. Exa- ah! Ooh. Got him. Uh, somehow related to coherent, I believe. is. Oh, well, when would you just say that? Well, I hate when there's two words that, like. They're not exactly the same. They sound kind of similar and then mean very similar things. Like, okay, guys. We didn't need to. It was excessive. <laughs> right. Especially when you say them back to back. Yeah, that that's when it becomes a bit much. Um, actually, Ashlyn did a when she was in my re- graduate research course. She did her uh, her she did her project on choral acoustics. I did. Ooh, that would be interesting. I'll bet. Thankfully, a project that that in, when it actually comes to most of the research of it, most people have abandoned actually looking at it spectrographically because it just basically looks like a cloudy spectrum. Yes, <laughs> it has a lot more practical applications and not as many scientific. Yeah. Fancy schmancy. Yeah, because to look at a choir singing on a spectrogram is sort of like listening to a bunch of dogs barking and trying to analyze that together. Sometimes it sounds like that, too. (laughs) Well, particularly if you're in a bass sectional. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was a tenor joke. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> listen, listen. For as many jokes as tenors get made about them, for as many times as choral directors have emasculated tenors <laughs> with the oh. with the with the joke about the men and everybody else. I mean, come on. Okay, fine. You get to make that one joke. Okay. We'll give you the yeah, one. That's it for so, the week. Okay. <laughs> I will say, speaking of the week, I will say, listening to last week's podcast, I didn't make any lists. You'll be very happy to know. As will the world. We created a monster. The world will admit, will like to know that I got busy this week and so I didn't create any lists. Good. Last week, we were talking about me creating my top 10 lists of things. Um, oh. Use the word we very loosely. <laughs> It was more. You talking? Someone about brought up lists, and then I was telling them about my lists, and then it became a thing that I was going to do for the podcast. Then I was like, "No, I got busy." I think yes, either be busy or maybe a different hobby than list making. Right. Save yeah. you from yourself. Yeah, that's that's more that's more what it that's more what it was. Uh this week in terms of the project, for those of you keeping track on our actual research, we were supposed to do two subjects. One subject was confused about collection time, so we only had one subject. So we had one subject and who I have a full week of data on, making our total three. <laughs> we have had two subjects uh recuse themselves from the study this week. Uh, so right now our total number of subjects, I believe as of this morning is 13. Oh, so we need to get some more. Uh, we could use more. Yes. At this point. Um, I think what people are already starting to do is panic about their time. We have already reached the point in the semester where stress is hitting, uh, which is why I wanted to have these screenings done before now, but Alas, we don't. Most of the screenings are getting done today. Mm -hmm. okay. Most people are going to the medical center today. Although, this is a thing that's been very interesting. I don't think it matters how many times you explain things <laughs> to people. Do you have this problem as a choir GA that no matter how many times you explain things to people, they're still not going to get it? Yes, I've gotten very good at saying several things in different, many, many ways. Put your shoes on your feet. Put the things that go on your feet on your feet. Those things that you wear on your feet, put those on. Bring your shoes with you, then wear them. Right. That kind of thing. Right. And it's remarkable to me the number of participants who either don't understand the fact that they need to come in for four consecutive days of testing here, or that they're confused about the fact that those days are happening here. It It's, uh, it's very confusing um so that's been a very point of which makes me wonder and of course you know okay so like when i'm lecturing if, if there's a test if i give a test on something and like the whole class gets something wrong to me that means that i've clearly not communicated that piece of information well somehow mm -hmm. either between the readings in the book and what i've said in class that that issue did not translate at all. And so then I sort of take that onus of responsibility. If one person gets a question wrong, well, clearly, if everybody else got it right, then, then okay, clearly they just didn't study that or they just got it wrong or they didn't understand that one thing, whatever. But I'm, 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 I've just started to question our ability to explain what we've been doing to our, to our subjects, which is concerning to me. So I'm trying to send follow-up emails, although... Speaking of confusing things, sometimes professors 
teaching online courses <laughs> send out videos saying they want one thing when in fact the directions of the assignment said the exact opposite. Oh, that's very helpful. Sometimes I, they do. I don't know what professor would have done that this week. Yeah. Are those professors sometimes sitting in this room? Sometimes. sometimes. Occasionally. Sometimes. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I don't think you need to wor- I mean, about the study. I think it's also partly just like the first time people heard about it was like at the major minor meeting. And I know that like from my time in undergrad, those first few days of school are just like... Are a lot. Like I get home from the day because you've gotten like all of your syllabi, you've heard about what you're doing the entire semester, you know, what projects you're going to have due. And by that Friday, you're toast. But then also what homework you're going to have due like the next class period, you're trying to sort it all out. Like, wait, what do I have to worry about right this second? Right. (laughs) And And so I know that like, a lot of times by the end of those first few days, I just get home and have like a terrible headache and just don't even know what happened to me that day. It's very overwhelming. Yeah. So I, I like, I think that could also just be part of it. Like you hear it and you're like, okay, sure. Study stroboscopy. Okay. I can do those things. And then just don't really think of it much past that. Like, yes, I agree. And not really think about, I don't, I mean, maybe we could have explained it better or more ways or sent out more emails, but I think it's also partly just that's just the nature of <laughs> the beginning of school, trying to get something done really quickly. Well, and as I've said on the podcast last week, just in general, it is the organizing of the human subjects that is the most difficult part of human subjects testing. It doesn't matter what the test is. Even if it's a singular event, even if your whole testing thing with them is a one time, they come in one time for 15 minutes, it's still the organization of that that yeah. becomes and difficult. And even like sending, even sending out reminder emails, like, do you know how many emails Mississippi College sends out a day? Because it's no, a lot. I, ha- I have no it's idea. It's a lot. And so and double digits some on a white day. just get lost. I don't think I get all of those well, you emails. probably don't. Are the these just do. the students? Yes. Yeah. Minimum just like talking 10. about events. And so things get lost. And then if you're taking online classes where, say, you have to comment on a forum oh, no. and you have to make replies on forums, you get an email every single time that happens. And so you get a lot of emails. Now you're you're calling out your professor for his forums. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about just your it's class. Just, it's just MCs. Ashley and I are in another. Oh, you um, guys are in two online, online courses classes at the same yeah. time. And oh. that one has more people. And like part of our assignment every week is we make forum posts, but then we also all have to comment on, like make two comments. That one has more people than our class? I can't remember. I don't know. There maybe. are eight in research. Well, then maybe research is the bigger one, but it's still pretty it's still pretty big. It's eight or nine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. And so when you get an email every single time yeah. somebody posts an assignment, yeah. I'll or, just be or, sitting at work and be getting like 10 emails. I'm like, okay, I just have to deal with that later. I can't think about it. Right. And sometimes you don't go back to it later. Yeah. Well. So I think, th- I don't think that that necessarily means that like we didn't do a do- good. There was a year <laughs> of my life at my <laughs> Where's job. Where's your heart, Leah? I'm explaining it. There was a year of my life at my last job. Uh, where I was the chairperson of the entire faculty senate's curriculum committee. And that meant that basically, and this was at a major research institution, and so every piece of curriculum change ended up coming through my inbox at some point. Oof. 
And during that year, I mean, you were only you were any any one person was only chair of that committee for one single year. And so it was only one academic year that I did that. And in that year, in any given week, I would week in, week out, I would roughly have a thousand emails. Oh no. That's a lot. Which is roughly what my one of my my doctoral advisor, he was a department chair, and that's what roughly how many emails he said he dealt with on a weekly basis was a thousand emails. Gross. And that was in, you know, when was that? Two thousand and five or something like that. Um so probably half of those were spam. <laughs> no, he was talking about like actual I know, I was just kidding. You know, it's a joke. We're, we're, I, I will say our filter's pretty good, but every once in a while we do get a spam email here through the work email that, mm-hmm. that every once in a while just yeah. peeks through somehow. Do you guys get them in your student accounts too every once in a while? I usually I don't think I usually do. I'll get the emails that like sometimes they'll send out and be like, Hey, there's a there's a phishing scam going. If you get an email that says oh, this, yeah, don't yeah, open yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever actually gotten any of the ones they're talking about. Oh, so okay. no, yeah, that's pretty good. I don't usually get spam emails. Um Okay, so I gave these two wonderful humans in front of me a question that was posed on NFPVT this week. Um and that question is in twenty eighteen, what is voice pedagogy? And is that the right term for it anymore? And whether or not we should move to some other term for voice pedagogy. And so I posed to both of them ahead of time so that they had some headway on this lead time on this question. But when you think of voice pedagogy in 2018, you've both had pedagogy courses, multiple with me, in fact, what is voice pedagogy in 2018? <laughs> Go. I mean, when I'm trying to explain to the average person yeah, this is, what it is yeah. that I do, I usually just say it's kind of the science and anatomy behind the voice, how it works, and then how to teach it. I just keep it. Keep it simple, stupid. That's a um, Michael Scott quote, if anyone. <laughs> I mean, that phrase has been around for a lot longer than Michael Scott, but, but um, we'll, we'll give him credit. <laughs> okay, we'll give we'll, we'll give Michael Scott credit. That's fine. My definition is very similar. Um, my whole family is they're musical in that they play instruments, but they're not musical in the sense that they've studied music and they like to ask me like, "What classes are you taking, Ashlyn?" And so I had to come up with a layman's definition years ago because um, I would say, "Oh, I'm taking post-tonal theory and choral methods and vocal pedagogy," and they were like. I don't know what any of those words were. Um, so yeah, post-tonal me- theory seems <laughs> very confusing to a, a, a novice. It's very confusing to those who take <laughs> it. <sometimes. laughs> it's just confusing. <laughs> it's a confusing thing. Right. So my definition for them, and still kind of the definition, definition that I use now, I look at it from a strictly teaching standpoint. Maybe that's because I think of myself as a teacher, mm. um, even more so now that I'm like teaching graduate class. Um, and... I define it as like the art and science of the voice and how to teach it effectively. Mm, I like that. I like that. The question as it was posed online, um, and I didn't tell you this, specifically referenced the idea of whether or not we should move to a term like vocology, which has its own definition. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not a term that I use a lot, but vocology specifically was sort of coined by 
Dr. Tietze and 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 uh, uh, I think he and Dr. Verdolini together. Um, uh, basically, that that vocology is the habilitation of the science and habilitation of voice. Habilitation meaning, in other words, how you are keeping a functional voice functional. Meaning like it's a non-disordered voice. So you're not doing rehabilitation. You're not rehabilitating anything because as Vocal Fry would like to just state for the record yet again, that rehabilitation only should be done by a licensed therapist in speech language pathology or physical therapy unless we're talking about some other kind of rehabilitation but with the voice usually we're talking about a speech language pathologist or a physical therapist in conjunction with of course an otolaryngologist possibly in conjunction with a singing voice specialist basically translated to voice teacher who works with a team like that um but anyway i i get very uncomfortable with the term vocology for what we do because it was a specifically coined thing that I don't think encompasses everything that we do in voice pedagogy courses. So like my initial form response was when someone asks me what it is that I do and even what I put in my own just sort of biographical things is that I teach, well currently I teach seven courses that I view as related to voice pedagogy. That being said, that is sort of classifying, and this sort of gets to the root of, uh, uh, of what I sort of wanted to talk about. That gets the root of, is voice, I guess here's a, a, a better way to phrase the question. Is voice pedagogy its own discipline? We have degrees in voice pedagogy now. We also have degrees in voice science, which is not voice pedagogy. For example, if you go to Voice Foundation, there are sessions that are medicine. Clearly, medicine is its own discipline. There are sessions on speech-language pathology, which is also clearly its own discipline. There are sessions on voice science, again, which I just was claiming is its own discipline. And then there are there is a session on voice pedagogy. And so again, my I guess my question with that is, is voice can we really consider whatever else comes under this umbrella term? Can we consider it its own discipline? And what are all the things that make up voice pedagogy in 2018 and is it the right term i think that's sort of what 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 the post was getting at i don't know what do you think i think that's a big question y'all are extra leah just thinks we're extra yeah Okay. That was my. That's your response to that. Yep. That's how. That's how I feel about that. Last night I had a conversation about. Um. uh, Is it Occam's razor? Was that the the phrase? Occam's razor. Yeah. Thank you. Which says like if you have to have multiple explanations for something, the simplest explanation is probably best. Yeah. So the fact that 
voice pedagogy is already a thing, maybe we just shouldn't yeah. question it. Why and are we roll fixing what it and broken, guys? <laughs> well, I think the argument against that is that not necessarily okay so voice pedagogy literally would mean like teaching right, right. Like right. voice yes. teaching okay so like that's what the words mean and the other thing that i say often is that what i'm invested in is voice teacher training that's really what i'm that's what i really view my role as is what I'm doing is mentoring and training voice teachers, future voice teachers or current and future voice teachers. Mm -hmm. That's really what I'm doing. And so all of my courses one way or the other do fall under that kind of umbrella. Uh, but I certainly don't think like, they all fall under the umbrella of vocology. For example, the repertoire course that I teach, I don't see how that would ever fall. I, ha I teach a repertoire course that's specific to choosing repertoire for voice study. I don't see how that would ever fall under vocology. No, but it's um, important for voice teaching. But it's important for voice teaching. Yeah. At the same time, voice teaching is is an employable job meaning <laughs> being a voice teacher is something you can do and get paid for it being a voice pedagogy person i'm not sure is the same is the same employability i mean unless you're just meaning unless you're just trying to sound pretentious and say well i'm a voice pedagogue and I mean, in that case, okay, okay, we get it. You're a voice teacher. You teach voice lessons. You teach people how to sing better. Okay, great. But I don't think that voice pedagogy n needs to be its own discipline, maybe. I just think it's a thing that exists. But, I, I, okay, so here's another way of thinking about this. So I then think what would you call my degree? What am I doing here, man? Well, it's a degree in voice teaching. Okay. How is that not the same thing as voice pedagogy? We just call it something fancy when it's a degree. Well, if you got a degree, why not be fancy? That's right. I mean, you're not, Leah's not going to go around telling everyone that she's a... I'm a master voice, of music. Or you're even but a that's voice what you pedagogue. Will be. I know. You just have a specialization in voice pedagogy. Yeah, I know. So why are you trying to make this more complicated? I don't know. We run a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we needed yeah. something to complicate. <laughs> yeah. So there's this um So we had to have something to talk about today. Perna didn't have time to analyze any data. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. So the truth is coming out. Like, all right. uh, what other commonly held terms can we disparage? <laughs> no, there's a whole there's a there's an old sports talk radio thing that on a slow news day when there's not much happening that on sports talk radio you could always bring up whether or not Pete Rose should be who got kicked out of baseball whether Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame or not because I mean statistically he's basically the best hitter of all time of course he gambled on baseball and got barred from baseball so he cannot be in the Hall of Fame and and so like there was an old adage in sports talk radio that if you ever had a slow news day you could always just bring up Pete Rose and you'd have a full day uh, so I'm kind of using this voice pedagogy bit as this but i also do think though this is the other 
sort of angle at this that I wanted to go to. I also think that, like, okay, when you walked into your... F- go back. if Remember back if you can. When you walked into your first voice pedagogy class ever, what did you think it was going to be? How to teach voice. The science and anatomy behind the voice and how to teach it. Okay. Ah, okay. Because those are really two different things. Is it though? Because I said them in the same sentence. And I think you need both to, to teach effectively if you don't know the anatomy Yeah, you have it. to know that to teach effectively. Right. And I guess my own thinking on that has evolved so much in the last few years that sure do i think it's important to know what the thyroid thyroid muscle does and how it influences voice yes of course i do but i've personally grown much more to a place where do i think it's more important for you to be able to break down the composite parts of sound of a of a complex wave and understand those parts of sound from your ears and what the ear is hearing when a singer is singing i think that's more important and and i just think that i think that when people hear voice pedagogy they immediately think anatomy and science even i don't well, I think I think there's a a lot of times that's what they think. Well, people who know what the word pedagogy means think it's about teaching. And I think there's a divide there, though. That's what I'm su- suggesting. I think there's a real divide there amongst people who walk into a voice pedagogy class, course, <laughs> seminar, conference, and think they're going to hear about voice teaching versus just anatomy, science, acoustics, whatever. And I think I so I think the most important bridge there is that we always need to be bringing application to all of it. Yes. That I think is the important facet. Well, it's silly to think that you need you can't you can have one without the other cuz let's say you're just doing the science portion of everything and just doing the anatomy and physiology but then you've never had any sort of um, talk or discussion about how to teach in a lesson standpoint or how to deal with different voice types. You just know the science behind it, and then you can't ever communicate that to your students. Well, and here's the thing with that. There are so many institutions with really qualified voice pedagogy teachers at them and I know this because of having been at the summit this summer in Los Angeles, where they still, where that teacher only has one single semester to teach pedagogy, even at the graduate level. And so in one single semester, they're trying to cram as much material and its application or just as much knowledge and material, and they lose application. They lose any practicum aspect of what they're talking about, surely because of time. Particularly because as our knowledge base continues to expand on stuff, of course you want to always try to share the cool thing, the new thing, the thing that everybody's doing. 
and you end up running out of time. Um, I remember, you know, when I took VoicePed, uh, you know, almost two decades ago, um, the first time as an undergraduate, I remember us spending, I don't remember how long, just talking about the Fox system, which sort of doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Um, and and so that's a that's a one single example of how these courses have evolved. Um, you know, let alone if we're talking about wanting to teach more functional pedagogy that can be applied to multiplistic styles. Um, and it's just it, so it, it it it's I think it's tough, and I think. I think even singers, when they're walking into a voice pedagogy class, seminar, workshop, conference, lecture, they're never sure what they're gonna what they're gonna get. They're never sure what part of the umbrella is gonna be thrown at them. And maybe that's okay. I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay with that. I mean, Okay. Well, I just mean I think that's what like abstracts are for. Ah, well, yeah, 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 sure. And as long as it's good and useful information, I don't think anything. It's not going to hurt you. I just don't know why this has to be confined into like a phrase. (laughs) You know. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Maybe a little. I've been talking about it for a long time. Okay. <laughs> I'm just not sure. Like, I get what the big deal is. You're making. Good- I just think there's lots of different components of lots of different degrees. Like, that's right. Medicine is. I mean, if you are in medical school, like, yeah, you're learning about how to, um, you know, prescribe medicine and treat people. But you also have to learn about before you do that. You have to learn the practical stuff about everything in the human body. But then you also have to take courses on ethics and you have to have some kind of bedside manner. Like there's a million different components that aren't. Does that count specifically as medicine? I mean, no, but (laughs) who cares? That's that. that, 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 You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of ethics. Like, I think that we're just more. I don't know if we're just like more like uptight about it because nobody knows really like it's just not a very common like most people know what what med school involves generally sure and people don't know what ours is and so like i get that that we're just trying to maybe (laughs) be more descriptive but i also i just and it may also be a validation thing saying we are a thing we have words that just say that we are a thing and we've studied things and it's a thing now. <laughs> you know, they used to say that about psychology, that psychology was so busy trying to prove itself was a science that it never actually did any science. Well, that maybe that's what we've done here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, that's a horrifying thought to think about. Okay, there we go. The psychology of voice pedagogy. Now we've just added a new topic <laughs> and a new course to the curriculum. 
speaking of ethics, though, you said ethics. Uh, the the new Nats code of ethics was released yesterday. I knew it was coming because the board had they, they had the board had approved it at the national conference this summer. Uh, it's interesting. You should read it as a, as future voice teachers. You should read it. It's it's up on the on the Nats website now. Uh, we are. We had our first meeting this week of the first ever student Nats chapter here at good old Mississippi College. Ooh, wow. You should join. Yeah, you should come. Okay, sure. Their next meeting is October 1st. You, you probably didn't hear about it because Sarah talked about In it In 055. Yeah. So uh. that was just a, that was just a, do we really want to do this? Is anybody going to show up? Yeah. Now is this there next, any interest? So, so we elected <laughs> officers and, uh, and our next meeting is October 1st. Okay, I'll put it on the calendar. So it's m- October 1st at 5.30? I think so. I mean, uh, we'll probably honestly figure that out. Sarah will send that out. It. But but ta- tell Sarah to add Ashlyn yeah, for sure. to, to that. Um, so we're starting a Snats chapter, and uh, we're excited about that. Not sure exactly what we're going to do yet, but... Um, yes, I think of ideas. But that's what, the, that's what the first We're of October is about. We're going to ask them the question about whether vocal pedagogy nope, should be all leave. No, everybody would leave and be <laughs> bored. Um <laughs> No, we um we're gonna talk about like a fundraiser idea, like what kind of event kind of thing we want to do, uh-huh. because one of the things you can do as a snatch chapter is once you're registered with the national office, you can raise your own money and you can get matching grants from the national office to like help you as a chapter up offset. to like two hundred dollars. Yeah, the national office will go up to two hundred dollars, and I thought maybe oh. if the if the chapter can raise its own two hundred and maybe get two hundred from Nats, you could even petition the chair maybe to get some departmental money also to help match for the 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 collective purpose of bringing in a guest artist of some kind yes, for a master class. I think we were most excited when Dr. Perna said that he knew somebody who maybe could come and give us a lecture on Alexander. I Jenny. have a dear friend <gasps> who's a master Alexander Wait, teacher. Yes. Right? Oh, so, now I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so like that's that's So be thinking of like maybe fundraising ways or Okay. So yeah, that that we'll meeting's do. on the first. Yeah, I do have a friend who would love to come down here and, and work with the students um, who is a Master Alexander teacher, yeah. certified Master Alexander yeah. teacher. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> we're not going to be paying him his normal rate, I'm sure. Just on that, <laughs> um, uh, because I like to clarify things. So there are people who out there who sort of bill themselves as AT experts, but there's a big difference between actually being a certified Alexander teacher and not. Meaning, you can. I know some things about Alexander technique. I've had some private lessons. I've, you know, whatever. To actually be a certified Alexander teacher, you have to do 30,000 hours of training. The first <laughs> 20,000 have to be completed before you put hands on a person, and then you can put hands on a person in the last 10,000 hours. I think that's the number he told me. Um, so, but I would be more than delighted to bring Tommy down here. I um, would be more I'll than delighted for you to I bring Tommy that. down here. <laughs> he would, he would, he would get a kick out of it. Yeah, uh, we'd love to host him. I mean, my wife and I would be certainly happy to probably host him in our home. So, uh, we wouldn't even have to pay for lou- housing necessarily. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's a possibility. Um, so we're gonna look at other events and you know, things. Some sure. some people want to watch a full opera in the recital hall, like just on video, just to do it. Maybe we could do that and eat some popcorn. And we just yeah. thought that might be fun, just because I mean we're living in the middle of Mississippi. Like you don't get a ton of opportunities to see 
a live opera. I mean, it isn't technically live, but you know what I mean. I, I think there was some talk about maybe even watching the 83 Centennial Gala or something like that. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, just because, I mean, Cinemark does the Met Live, but those tickets are like $20. I mean, right. so, you know. Yeah. So be thinking about and that. And also we considered that that could potentially, maybe if we did like a musical, not an opera, maybe that could be like a fundraising type thing if we had people donate, Ooh, you know, to come watch. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to gauge, see would how much. It would have to be, one, it would have to be uh, suggested not, donation. Not suggested. Do- and it would probably have to be a musical you can actually get a legal copy of as well. Yeah. Well, I mean. Because yeah, you're not going to get a legal copy of Hamilton, for well, example. I, know. I wasn't going to suggest Hamilton. I'm going to see that, by the way. When? Did you know? When? Um, and for fall break, I'm going to go visit Victoria in Chicago, and we're going to go see Hamilton. Nice. So I just got paid today, so we're going to buy tickets today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That'll be so much fun. Oh, I'm so excited. So excited! Nice. We're gonna yeah, be in I've the room not, where it happens. I've not gotten. To <laughs> have you been waiting this whole time to say that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm interested to see whether or not you'll sing along with all the words. I am night. gonna have to like try really hard because I know. I mean, like, you know, the people behind me didn't come pay to to hear, hear me sing. to hear Leah rap all the words. But like, it's gonna be really hard. Maybe just like mouth aggressively. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I mean, Victoria and me both, like... Right, sure. (laughs) Yes, as we were riding last spring when Vocal Fry did a Vocal Fry outing to see Black Panther, uh, everyone was listening to the Hamilton soundtrack on our way up there, carpooling up to the theater (laughs) together, and they all knew all the words. Yeah. I don't. (laughs) I know that one song that I sing, but... I don't know the one all tenor the song? words. Yeah, the one tenor song that a white person can sing. That was that was what I was referring to. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, I've heard it. Um, and I have sung that. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway. That doesn't mean I don't love the musical. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no. Absolutely fantastic. Maybe this week instead of list making, you can just go listen and learn some words. I've listened. <laughs> I just don't remember words easy. Oh, oh that's I sad. do. Or hear words easily. I actually have to like look at lyrics and hear them like to. It's just a thing for me. Hmm. Anyway, um, next week, um, we did have a couple subjects back out again, so I think there's only four that we're gonna test next week. Okay. Um, because I was Are gonna there any early. <laughs> um, not on Tuesday Thursday. There was gonna be a nine thirty, and the earliest one is now ten. I could probably do ten. Um, I have a ten. To, I do have a ten to ten thirty on on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday. So, um, so if you want to come to those, that's good. The Monday, Wednesday might be starting quite early. Um, mm. but, Sarah's day. Uh, well, you could come <laughs> on one of those days. Yeah, I guess. Um, if you guys wanted to one do Monday and one do Wednesday, since they're so early, mm-hmm. um, that that's fine with me. But okay. I, but I have up. I'm waiting on one more subject. We might have a fifth. Okay. I'm waiting to see if that subject can actually do the time because it means an eight a.m. Um, on Monday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, because I already have an eight thirty on Monday, Wednesday. So we'll see gotcha. what's going on with that. But. These next two weeks are sort of our big push for data collection because everybody's sort of getting screened this week to this afternoon, and we're going to move forward and get most of our data collection done in these next two weeks, at which point we'll be moving on 
um, I was fascinated because I was actually the one running the computer on mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday this week. Yeah. And I was fascinated with the subject we had this week. It was it was very fascinating. I'm sure. Once we ran. I know. I hate that. Like, I couldn't be there. Yeah. Once we randomized the data on this one, I I'm very interested to to see how that worked out. So, um, it's all good. Anyway, Ashlyn, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. How. Uh, I feel like since Ashlyn's here and Sarah's not, I feel like I should ask Ashlyn what she had for breakfast. I had a kind protein bar, like no sugar added, because I went to the gym. So I was they're like, good. I'm not I've gonna, had one before. Not going to negate the gymnast. There you go, kind bar, awesome, awesome. Any takeaways? Takeaways? It doesn't matter what we call voice pedagogy. Yeah, just don't yeah. don't make things more complicated than they have to be. It's excessively superfluous. <laughs> excessively superfluous. Yes. See two big words back to back. Yeah, she was making a joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's redundant. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. You're welcome. <sighs> I like big words back to back. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, just to take away, I know it'll be over by the time you're hearing this but my thoughts are sort of with all those people on the north carolina coast uh send them good wishes as they're riding out this hurricane south carolina coast just all up and down the coast because the flooding will go on probably for days mm-hmm. and who knows what the destruction will actually be when it's all said and done so just you know thinking and praying for those people that are over there on the coast having been someone who's lived in a place where we had hurricanes um and well, even here, I mean, Katrina even hit here in Clinton, Mississippi. Yeah, it did. Um, it hurricanes are are no joke. And right now, the if you look at the map of the world, the weather map of the world, the world is on fire. Yeah, basically. they're just all over the place. I mean, the world is essentially on fire. So just praying that you know, a week from now that we're also not waiting for another hurricane to hit the Texas coast or to hit hit us or you know whatever so just just thinking about all these hurricanes and that everybody would be safe and thankful for all those fema people one of my friends had posted on her facebook that they were driving and she wondered why she was coming one way on the interstate and she wondered why this other person was towing their boat toward the atlantic and then she passed it and realized it was, in fact, a FEMA boat. Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> um, uh, and, and they were she, literally going to ride out the storm. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, oh, 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 I see. It's going to be I, good this weekend, boys. <laughs> so, so there was some definite ah. uh, FEMA preparedness uh, yeah, sure. on, on this, for sure, which is great. So anyway. All right, that's it, everybody. Ashlyn, it was great to have you. We'll do it again, because one of these people will be out again, I'm sure. Yep. I yep. will be out um, the Friday before fall break, because I'll be... On a plane to go see the it. Friday before. Oh, okay. I'm gonna leave on. I'm gonna go Friday to Monday. So. Oh ah, well, maybe Ashley can sit in again. Yeah. This time mm-hmm. with Sarah, unless Sarah's out yeah. that day, as well. Mm. Okay. Well. All right. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye.